0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. I saw something uh, on social media asking which player in NBA history would get everyone one-on-one. And one on one, like I remember as a kid, Dr. J was going to play Kareem, and I, you know, on one of these like uh, Battle of the Stars type things remember on that? TV. One on one, remember yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Kareem did him,
1: Kareem should, because you know, he's tall. The right? league should bring that back, man. Yeah. Right? Like, give me give me that during All Star break. But among, a one on one tournament,
0: it, 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 like the taller player is usually going to win, right? Especially if he's skilled. Maybe the best one on one player, I would imagine, would be KD, right? Mm-hmm. All time, seven so feet so tall, handles a
1: shot. Because I said this a couple years ago, I think LeBron James would beat Michael Jordan. Yeah, one on one, he's too big. Yeah. One on
0: one, 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 sure. Game. If you play a twenty-one, whatever eleven it doesn't six, matter. Six, I nine. didn't
2: say that. Jay
1: said that. Yes, I'm the one
0: that said. Yeah, that's yeah but because the taller player usually wins, would KD be the number one all-time one-on-one player? I
1: still think Bron man. Bron would
0: beat KD one-on-one. You think? Just because yeah. of the weight? The weight? weight I don't difference. know, man. I think KD. the body difference. I think KD
1: shot plus
0: his plus his size. It ain't I think.
1: like LeBron small, dude? Cat six nine.
0: Yeah, but he's gonna have to muscle like every the time. The young
1: LeBron against like prime Bron they against prime set that KD. Up.
0: No, LeBron KD should set that up one-on-one. Prime, Bron- King McClure, ESPN, college basketball analyst. Who would – former King. Baylor guard. King, who would win one-on-one, you or Jay will
3: yeah, Right now, I'm, I'm going to take myself. I, I don't know Wait, Jay right will, now, King? Right know, now, of course. But but but, but, but in his prime, though, I mean, I might have to give it to Jay will though. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you rock, though. I See, I ain't trying to mess with you right now. I'll watch. I'll watch you on the <laughs> sideline right now, okay? It is time for the Boost
0: Mobile Tournament preview, which – which team impressed you the most yesterday?
3: Man, you know, I, I was impressed by at least three. But I think the the Kansas State game really did something to me. And to watch Marquise Noel be able to put up the numbers that he put up. And when he twisted his ankle, everybody thought the game was over. I thought the game was over. Because when he went out, the momentum just absolutely shifted. His team did not look the same. They were out of whack, turning the ball over. It just didn't look like Kansas State. But for him to come back in the game, he hit the three as soon as he got the rebound, but he retwisted it, and he was hobbling up the court and still able to tough it out and play the last eight minutes on a sprained ankle that looked pretty serious because he couldn't run when he got back on the court. So I thought the game was over. But for him to still be able to tough it out, I mean, he's from New York, and to put up the performance that he did, I mean, that right there was so impressive to me. That was probably one of the top performances we've ever seen in the NCAA tournament. But, I mean, outside of that, you know, UConn looks great. Uh, Gonzaga, Drew Timmy looked amazing. I mean, it was, Floyd Atlantic looked good too. But I I would say that Marquise Noel's performance on a bad ankle was so amazing.
1: Yo, King, tell me, take me on the court for a second. Geek out with me, right? Because you, you had stuff to you, man. Like, you, you had a bag to you. You had different moves and counters and counters to the counters. What is it about the way he moves on the court that creates so much space? How does he create so much space on the court?
3: Yeah, so for Marquise, number one, I think he's 5'8", he's right? He's about five. He's legit 5'8", five, five, So anytime you're guarding a shorter player, they automatically have the advantage because of that angle. And they always say lowest player wins. And he's lower to the ground because he's so short. So he automatically has a driving angle that makes it hard. However, there's times last night, I mean, when he twisted his ankle, there's times where he'll get jammed up because he's so short to where if you just be able to keep him in front of you, keep him at a distance, you can contest. But then he also, if he drives by you, the thing that makes him so dangerous is his passing. That's what opens up everything else because you have to turn him into a scorer. Same thing, we played against Trey Young in college. The, the thing our coaches told us was he can score and he can pass. We have to take one of them away. So Marquise Noel, it's the same thing. He had 20 points, 19 assists. You have to either either make him a true scorer and stay attached to everybody else, or you have to make him a passer and not allow him to score and take away his scoring. And allow, But you can't allow him to do both.
2: King, is this the year for Gonzaga? Every single year it seems like we say that, but it sounds like now sitting at the three seed that – they might all of a sudden be their year.
3: You know, I think that's funny. I, I, I We say that all the time. We think this Gonzaga team is, is going to go all the way. They get there, and then they all end up you know, letting a lot of people down. I mean, I think they look good last night. And the thing that I was most impressed with in their past two wins with TCU and UCLA, I mean, those are gritty wins. They were down in the second half in both of those wins by double digits. I mean, they're a gritty team. This team is tougher than what I thought they were. I thought they were a team that's, you know, not really battle-tested. I mean, I don't like that, like saying that about them because they're still a good team regardless of who they play in conference. But this is a team who who, who can tough it out at the end of the game. They're not scared no matter how much they get down. They're led by one of the oldest players in college basketball, a legend, a veteran, my guy Drew Timmy. I mean, he dominated last night. The past two, two games – he was the best player on the court in both of those games. Talking so to King, I think this, this this could possibly be their year. They have a legit chance, but I mean, UConn looks uh, amazing. So I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to get past a tough UConn team that looked great last night.
0: And now I will say, we're talking to King McClure, ESPN college basketball analyst, former Baylor guard. So you mentioned FAU; they 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 made it to the Elite Eight. What like is that a Shock to you? Uh,
3: not, I mean, not really. And the reason I say not really is because when you look at their path of how they got there, I mean, they beat a Memphis team who was okay. Uh, they, they've been up and down this year. They have Kendrick Davis, one of the best guards in the country. But outside of that, they've been up and down. They played fairly Dickinson in the second round. So Fairley Dickinson, I mean, happened to be Purdue, but fairly Dickinson was not a great team, and they were extremely undersized. Then the next round, they play Tennessee. If you know anything about Tennessee, they are not a great offensive team. They're great defensively, the best defense in America. But offensively, they don't generate enough points in order to beat you. They're going to grind it out. There's going to be a a low-scoring game, but they don't generate enough offense to really be able to outscore teams. That's not their M.O. That's not who they are. So the fact that FAU beat them, I really wasn't shocked. Because FAU has guards that can score, they play at a good tempo, and they also have a little bit of size to match up with Tennessee. So I wasn't shocked that FAU beat Tennessee, and I expected Tennessee to actually go out earlier, but I wasn't shocked about that. So when you look at FAU's path to the Elite Eight, uh, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, the next round against Kansas State will be extremely tough, just because Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson are those dudes, for real, but... I'm not surprised by the by, by the way that they uh, they've been playing in their path to get to the Elite Eight.
1: King, take me to this five-one matchup in the Midwest, man. You got them boys playing tonight at seven fifteen on CBS. Houston versus Miami. Miami's been one of those squads the whole year in the ACC. They got guards that can go, and outside Brandon Miller, is Marcus Sasser the second best player in this tournament left?
3: Oh man. That's a great question. I mean, I guess when you look at uh, AP All-American Awards and all the honors, I mean, I guess you have to give it to Marcus Sasser. Uh, But, I mean, honestly, after last night, Marquise Noel might be my second. Mm. Uh, but this matchup with Houston and Miami is going to be electric. You look at Isaiah Wong and uh, the guard from Kansas State last night. I forgot his, I forgot his name. I'm having a brain slippage. Uh, but the one who came to Kansas State who played with Marquise Noel in the backcourt. Those two guys are probably two of the best two of the best in the backcourt that we've seen all season, and they've been extremely consistent. But however, Houston on the other side with Jamal Sheed, Marcus Sasser, Tremont Mark, I mean, you talk about the best trio of guards in college basketball outside of Baylor, Houston probably has that. But I think Houston has the advantage because of the physicality. Anything, if you know anything about Kelvin Sampson, his teams will be the most physical teams. On the floor, and last week in the first the first uh weekend, everybody was concerned about Marcus Ash's health. He didn't play the first game. The second game he played, he looked he looked okay. He looked he actually he looked pretty solid. But this week he got a week to recover. uh He had a groin injury, he got a week to recover, and now I feel like he's almost back to his normal self. So I think yeah, he'll be able to get off. And Houston definitely has that advantage, and they have that guy Jarius Walker who. Is a one and done for sure, and we'll be in the NBA. We'll be a lottery pick next year. But mm. so that Houston is is a team that I think will play uh, in the next round, of Texas, and maybe prevail. But I don't know. Texas looks good, so I think Texas might get him and go to the final four.
1: King McClure, mm. ESPN basketball analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, former All American playing at Baylor. Your squad lost me a lot of money, but we'll talk about that off uh, off air, King. <laughs> um, I do want to ask you, we were talking about league. We were in a lot of conversations around John Moran over the last couple of days, and we found ourselves digging deep into this one, King, and I need your answer. Who has the best highlight package in the NBA? The best highlight package. Like, you as a guard, who makes you, who gets you up on your feet, on your toes, man? We're like, I can't believe what I'm seeing each and every night. We got Zion, we got Kyrie, we got Ja. Who has the best highlight package in the league today?
3: Mm. We we just basing it out of just those three.
1: No, no, what in the league today. In the league today.
3: In the league today. Alright, so my my personal answer might 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 be a little weird and it might be a little different, but I'm I'm gonna go with Luca because Luca kind of just amazes me to be able to do what he does at six seven and to be able to get whatever shot off he wants to get off, and the passes that he makes. Whenever I watch him, he's one of the few players, and I'm just like, wow. Or like, bro, how does he see that? Like, you talk about a bag, Jay will. I feel like his bag is is extremely deep, and for his height and to be as slow as he is, <laughs> but to get anywhere he wants to on the court, the way he uses his body to shield people off, the angles that he takes, his finishing. I mean, his vision. He honestly makes me drop my jaw every single time I'm watching him. And, and you're right. There's a lot of players in the league. John Morant, Kyrie, his ball handling, John Morant's athleticism. There's a lot of players who you can say yeah, have crazy highlight packages. But for me personally, I think I'm going to have to go with Luca because he just – he's amazing. I mean, just to watch what he does consistently you know is what, amazing.
1: Keegan, it's one of those things where it's almost like it's deceptive, right, because you you have to see it. Like I – like as a, as a player, you played against some of my guys. You know, like when you see a guy who's slow, like yo, how does he keep getting certain places on the floor? And his footwork, yo, that's also so so underrated. Might have one of the best. Might have the best footwork in the league. All right. So King McClure,
0: ESPN's Him college 12B. basketball analyst, says the highlight package guy that he likes to watch the most. His number one is Luca. I'm curious to hear uh, what yours is, Key, and what yours is, Jay, because I got one also. King, thanks for joining us this morning. All right, King. Appreciate you having me. All right, buddy. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. All right. Coming up, what effect should Jaw's suspension have on his future contract? And let me tell you something, guys. Yes. Switch to Boost Mobile for the power to save on one of America's largest 5G networks. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max.
4: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
5: Keyshawn, J.
0: Will, and Max, the podcast.
3: Ongoing process. You no, know, I've been there, uh you know, for two weeks, but that doesn't mean you know I'm completely better. It should be somebody around him kicking his ass right now, just letting him know that you made a big mistake and this is not small, and you have to make up for it.
6: He understands the gravity of this situation, and so rightfully so, he is uncomfortable because this is a position he probably never hoped to be in.
2: He got the hard part out of the way. Now it's the easy part. It's getting back to playing
0: basketball. Keyshawn, J, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Jay, you asked King McClure, ESPN college basketball analyst, former Baylor guard. We were talking tournament in the last segment. You asked him in the NBA, who, who has your favorite highlight package, right? And he gave a surprise answer, Luka Doncic, because he's just mm-hmm. amazed at what he can do without being the fastest guy on the court, right, or having the most hops. But at six, seven, all the things he could do. And we're talking John ja Morant and how much that eight-game suspension should hurt him in terms of his contract. Will he make all NBA? That'll affect the money. He gets paid all this stuff. Ja Morant's my answer. To me, the like when you have an elite player who plays above the rim like Ja, that's such a rare thing, actually. You think of the history of the NBA, maybe a half dozen guys, Jordan and Kobe and – and, and depending on how you define elite, right, you could talk about other guys. Do Dr. J, although by the time he was in the NBA, it was already a little different than when he was in the ABA. You can mention Iceman, like George Gervin. You could mention, yeah, a few other guys, Dominique, Vince Carter, who we have on the show, of course, and, and like a couple. But when that guy, when you have an elite MVP-level player who plays above the rim, to me, when he's an air walker, that to me is my favorite. That, so I would say Ja. Who would you say?
1: I would say Kyrie. Uh, say it's between John and Kyrie, yeah, me because yeah. Kyrie Unity below the
0: rim, he does everything.
1: Like it's like literally, like Kyrie is like drawing like calligraphy with yeah. the basketball. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it's poetry in motion when you watch it. I've never, it's the best handles I think in the history of the league. I've never seen handles like it before. Oh, the best overall skills. I mean, until Ja, that would have been
0: my answer too, Kyrie. Yeah. But it's below the rim. Agreed. Key. What about you?
1: I don't care
2: about above the rim, below the rim, or nothing like that. When a dude walks across the half court and he can just launch from anywhere on <laughs> the floor. Steph. Come on, man, stop. Ain't even nothing to talk about. Yeah. He can do everything except dunk on people like Jai and maybe Kyrie from a time to time. He might flush it. But he can do all. He can pass. He got handles. He got all that.
0: Yeah, he do. He does. His handles can walk are elite all but, time. But,
2: yeah. but look, Jay, you you a plate guard. What am I Who, what, Come on now. You know he like a yo-yo. His deal is just like on a string, just like a Kyrie. Only Kyrie's a little bit better. But he can pull – from everywhere on the court at any time he feels like it. And when he gets hot, it's unfair. It's to the point where he annihilates the opponent and
1: they seem like they just quit when he gets hot. You know, that's why I love watching those two go against each other because they're both, like, they're not considered great defensive players. Kyrie and Steph? Yeah, But in those matchups, they both step up to the occasion because they want to lock up. Like, there's history between those two. Like, the game seven shot that Kyrie made. Like, the the playoff rivalry between those two is a real thing. It's weird you you
0: bring up their defense. It's funny because consistently, Steph shows up to play defense more than Kyrie. Like, he's more present on defense than Kyrie. But in high leverage moments, Mm. Kyrie is a better defender than Steph. Like, if you, re- if you need one defensive play from a guy, you would choose Kyrie
1: over Steph. What are the metrics that say he's a better defensive player than Steph? Who's I'm saying, saying in, <laughs> in a, in a high-leverage moment and like, you have to guard a guy, I'm who would you choose, asking Kyrie the, or I'm Steph? Just
0: asking There's what no the metrics. metrics I'm doing eyeball oh. test. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Right.
0: Who would you pick? Hey, hey Max? Who said that, though? Why is that right? <laughs> Who's the first guy <laughs> who said it? Well, who would you pick, Jay? Eyeball test or just your own opinion. You have one def- – in other words, on a on a play-to-play basis to Neither. Be, <laughs> to Right, but I'm comparing the two since you brought up defense. On a play-to-play basis, Steph is a present defender. He's just not very good. But Kyrie, when you need him to play
1: defense, can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think when Kyrie's locked in, I would yeah. say he's a better defender than Steph. Right, but doesn't do it as locked consistently, right? Oh, because both of them – have so much volume of what they do on the offensive end that it takes away a little bit from what their defensive effort is.
0: So
2: we're talking. And, and, and that highlight stuff, man, when you think about it, Steph's stuff's just. I've seen him do some of, what do you call it? The English spin off the backboard? Yeah. The French oh, it's, spin it's off the, the, the Jamaican, other side? Yeah. yeah. The Jamaican spin. Is that what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> i got to see Steph, he's like, oh, he in trouble. And then all of a sudden, the ball goes in the hoop. Like a
0: magnet. Yeah.
2: Like it's just. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just biased because
0: I'm on the West Coast. Who knows? But no, it's, a it's shocking, is, the shot. The
1: shot-making ability of Steph is unbelievable, different, man. Yeah. It's different. crazy. Yeah, so, it's but
0: different. we had so we so we four different answers on this show in the last five minutes. Best highlight package. King McClure takes Luka Doncic. Jay, you take Kyrie. I take Ja, and and Key takes Steph. Steph. A lot of great players in the NBA right now. So Ja's contract, guys, is affected by whether he makes. All-NBA, team one, two, or three, doesn't matter. There are 15 slots, and really six slots for the backcourt. And if he doesn't get one of them, he's, his contract comes in $40 million lower than it would otherwise come in. $40 million lower. Desmond mm-hmm. in South Carolina, mm-hmm. you're on Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN tried Radio. me that all day.
2: Hey, <laughs>
3: right, hey guys, right. thanks for having me. Uh, I wanted to ask about, um, what about, like, Kyrie and Jalen Brown? Do y'all not think he, they could be uh, – and Donovan Mitchell. Do y'all not think they could be uh, place a place job when it comes to the um, all-NBA team? <clears throat> yeah,
1: Jalen Brown's a good one, Jay. What about that? Yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown should be in the conversation. Jalen Brown's right there. I mean, Jason Tatum was in the MVP conversation. Jalen Brown's came on late. But once again, it's the full body of work that – the wings are interesting to me because it it poses a lot of different questions, right? Key, like, are we in a world like where is Kevin Durant not going to be All NBA, even he though played? he's only played forty two games. Feel like he played twelve. Right? Is LeBron James? I not seen is, him play forever. Who's no, your all gonna NBA? Keep, yeah, our, I, I I have to think through that. We can't answer that on the fly. Well, we, know MB, Yoke, Yoke, y- y- we know MB Jokic and
0: Giannis. We know MB Jokic and to think through right? that.
1: Like I, I got to prepare that.
0: It's really the twelve guys because MB. Who's Yoke, your all Yonis, NBA huh? coach, Jay? <laughs> you got twelve more slots. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I, 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 like when you think it through, like I are you going to hold LeBron James off all NBA? Depends. Play 47 games? I mean, yeah, it depends. How many single-handedly are on keeping the Lakers in the conversation in the Western Conference at age 38 years who old. Who
0: are your locks to be on the team? And that'll tell you how many slots are left. You know who my locks are? Hmm. Embiid. Right. Embiid, Embiid. Giannis. Embiid, Giannis. Embiid, Joker. Embiid, Giannis and Joker. <laughs> right, those three. and then, Those um, are, are my locks. Luca.
1: You can't have – you said, well, yeah, yeah, because Giannis is a forward. Okay.
0: So there's four. If Luka is on, there's four. Is he on?
1: I got Dame. God, we're doing this all right now live, huh? No, no, I'm not. I'm, I, he said,
0: it. who are
2: my locks? I said, those three. <laughs> those three, I know the three sure. MVP
1: dudes. Yeah, yeah I know yeah.
2: those three for sure are yeah, going to so be on one of the three right. teams. So there's, That's so, the only
0: thing I can tell you. So there's 12 slots left, basically. I really. can't tell you about nobody else except those three. Mordecai in North Carolina. You're on KJM ESPN Radio.
3: Yeah, yeah. Good morning, guys. Um so I want to say um, I don't have anything against Mr. Moran. Uh, certainly I don't. He's a great player. But what I would say um, is that any player, Mr. Moran included, any player should be disqualified from any postseason accolades if their, if their conduct is uh, negative uh, towards their character and or if, um, if their conduct imbues – the integrity of the NBA. I, I think they should be totally disqualified. Well, integrity for many, would be oh, like betting, I, I
0: think would be like betting against your own team. That would be like integrity issue. But the problem
2: with but saying waiting, Max, what, yeah. what, what, what what occupation you in, my man? What you work at?
7: Oh, <laughs> well, actually, um, uh, hey, hey,
3: Key, how you doing? Actually, you doing? I'm. I'm actually I'm retired, but I I was in finance for for many many years. Still a little bit of legal work, but uh, but mostly finance.
0: So, but the the problem with saying that that it damages, you know, it's some kind of conduct detrimental. That's open to interpretation. What someone may consider some, uh, you know, some kind of uh, uh, something that impugns the league or, or the character of the league, someone else may not. You know now.
1: That's, that's what that's what voting does. So that's when you have right. all these different voters. It's subjective. Like that's the part that makes it challenging. I think right? there's some things, like if
0: you're hurting an innocent person intentionally, I think well, everyone that's, that's would agree that's, that's a, a bad that's a thing. But, yeah. it, but short that, of that, there's things are open to well, interpretation. Well, look, if, if that,
2: the what-if factor, it would have gone off in there and mm-hmm. bounced off a wall and didn't hit anybody, but it would have gone off, I'd take a different approach to it. I'm not going to punish him a second time so to speak the nba has already handled it mm-hmm. however they handled it some people agree some people disagree but they've already you know gave him his foul. so the writers or anybody else shouldn't give him another foul because he's already got one he didn't get one from the nba and then i'd be like okay cool
0: he's already been punished
2: he's already been punished
0: so coming up you see Ezekiel Elliott has the teams, the list of teams he wants to go to. Here's the real question. Do those teams want him, KJM?
1: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the
2: knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Grainger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio.
2: We are joined
0: right now by the man himself, Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN NFL analyst, former NFL quarterback. What's going on, Tim?
7: Good morning, guys. What's, What's up? up, Tim?
0: Morning, morning. Where, where do you think the best landing spot? We've seen the list where wants to go, but where do you think the best landing spot is for him?
7: Yeah, you know, kind of looking at that list yesterday, I feel like Cincinnati is a team that makes a lot of sense. And the reason I say it is this. Look, Zeke clearly is not what he once was. You know, he doesn't have the same burst, not you know, not the same speed. You know, but saying that, he scored 22 touchdowns over the last two years running the football. Like, he is still a physical, very good situational runner. And, the other thing that he's excellent at is pass protection. And so I just look at Cincinnati as a team that could find a way to use him situationally, short yardage and goal line, maybe certain pass protection uh, situations where, you know, you feel like your back is a little bit overmatched. I think there's value there for a team that, you know, is you know probably going to be in the mix because of who they have at quarterback and, and what the other things that they have going on on offense. And then just even thinking about it as I'm talking about it, like now you get inside the 5-yard line, get inside the 10-yard line, Zeke comes in as your goal line back. You know, now you have this power back that can run through tackles, but you also have to deal with those talented wide receivers in terms of one-on-one opportunities. So I, I actually, I know that he said it, it sounds like Zach Taylor was surprised by it, but I feel like Cincinnati could be a good landing spot.
2: You talk about landing spots and the same question that Max posed for Zeke. What about OBJ? What's the best landing spot for a guy who has coming off two ACL surgeries and probably isn't the front-line number one guy but still got a lot of stuff in his package?
7: Yeah, so I think that going somewhere where you have a really good quarterback. So that's probably a little bit of a cop-out for you, Key. But, like, I I just – I think that someone like OBJ, who, to your point – like. He, I don't know, you know, and I would even ask you, like, how many snaps do you think he can play? Like, can he play forty snaps a game? Like, is he at that point of his career where, like, that—that's the number? Um, okay. so, I think so with I that, think he can. Okay, I think, yeah, I think and, a forty a
2: forty snap guy is a is a second third receiver in packages that run three that run yep. half personnel, three wide receiver personnel, sort of situations.
7: Yeah, and so with that, right, you're not going to get. 100 targets, right? So the number may be, uh, you know, not that. Let's just put it that way. And so for that, I, want, I, I feel like, all right, well, it's got to be a guy that when you do get your opportunities, like they count. And that's why I think he's got to go play with a good quarterback, right? So, So, you know, the Jets... You know, coming up like, look, that in a a strange way for me actually makes a lot of sense because it's kind of like, look, it's bang for your buck when you're out there on the field, when you're playing with a quarterback who at any moment can kind of hit you with the big play or fit a ball in there. And he's the type of player that when he's right at any moment can make a really big play. So I actually do think the Jets make sense you know like him going somewhere where you know they're breaking in a quarterback or it's a quarterback that is up and down in terms of production or it's a quarterback who's really developing as a passer like those don't make any sense for me when I look at OBJ and what what a good landing spot would be.
1: Mm. Hey Tim uh, obviously there's Aaron Rodgers talk every single day on every show on every network all the time waiting for us to determine which team he goes to and is at the Jets and you know what do the Packers get in return as as relates to compensation. And I, I know how he would fit in on the field, but how do you feel about the way everything has actually gone down with him and the Packers organization?
7: Look, I, I'm actually good with it. Now I think he's wrong in terms of feeling like he has not been set up to to win there. And look maybe you know, I don't understand how you know hurt he was by the drafting of Jordan Love and feeling like maybe they they haven 't surrounded him with with better players, so that 's fine I, I you know I get that, and I think maybe part of his thought process is seeing what Brady did leaving New England and going to Tampa and kind of feeling like he 's got a little bit more control because they 're so excited to have him in the locker room so so I think there's there's elements of that where I, I guess I can see his perspective although that's not exactly right where my mind goes with it. And then in terms of what he's done, look, I think in some ways it's refreshing. I I know that we kind of all joke about, look, we wait for him to go, you know, talk to McAfee and kind of tell us what's going on, you know, with him and his (laughs) mindset. But, like, the reality of it is, like, like players have been kind of doing that behind the scenes for a long time where they're just leaking information to to insiders and it's kind of veiled and it's kind of anonymous. I I think there's kind of been part of this that's been refreshing for been a few years now where, you know, Aaron goes and sits down with Pat and he's like, yeah, guess what? Like my intention is to go play for the Jets and some compensation has to be worked out. And that's the plan. Like that's... Look, like, Jay, well, like, at, at some level, that's actually kind of refreshing to me uh, with how things have typically gone with NFL players, you know, trying to talk behind the scenes about what their wishes are. Mm.
2: Mm. Tim Hasselback, ESPN NFL analyst, former selfish NFL quarterback, joining us this morning <laughs> on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Tim, you've been paying attention, obviously, calling college football over the last couple of years, but also paying attention to these young quarterbacks that are in the draft. Of the four, which one of these guys are your favorite and you think will probably get a faster start to excel in the NFL?
7: Yeah, I I love Bryce Young. And what's interesting, Kay, is like of the four, you know, he's the and he's not a not that he doesn't have good arm talent or is not, um, you know, a really physically talented player, but he's kind of the least physical, able, uh, you know, of the guys, you know, in terms of if you were to rank them in terms of arm strength and things of that nature. But his feel is so good. Like, when you watch a guy play and you're just like, you know what? He just gets it, man. Like, he just understands how to play the position. He's got a calmness about him, but he can kind of step on the gas when he needs to. I, I really enjoyed watching him play. And I also think he's got this seriousness in terms of his makeup to be really good. like I I think that it's, while he clearly has fun playing the game, it just feels like his approach and his seriousness to be really good is awesome. There's a maturity about that 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 I loved. And, um, look, I I know, and we have it up on the screen, like, you know, talking about his height and stuff. Look, it's not ideal. It's something you have to get over, but... You know, he has plenty of arm strength. He's proved that he can play from inside the pocket. He understands concepts that will be run in the National Football League. And I think if he goes to Carolina, it's a great fit. And I would just add this. Uh, You know, we talk about all these four guys. A guy that I think is really interesting is Hendon Hooker. You know, Hendon Hooker was having a remarkable year at Tennessee. He's not in the conversation with any of these four quarterbacks. And I think rather than racing up, to go get somebody like Anthony Richardson, who you know does not have a, a ton of experience. Hendon Hooker's played a lot of football. Played at Virginia Tech for a while before transferring to Tennessee. Had remarkable success at Tennessee, and you know, if not for the ACL injuries, maybe winning the Heisman Trophy. And you know, pr- this process is a little bit different for him as well. So Someone I gonna steal I think, him.
0: someone's going to steal I, look, him. Look, I I,
7: I, th- I think there's a fifth guy that you know it's just not in the mix and you know somebody could end up getting a really good quarterback
2: tim does bryce young not getting on the scale yesterday at the pro day does that like if you were looking at that as a as a personnel yeah. guy what would you what would you say knowing that he was a 195 so pounds at the combine but did not get on the scale yesterday several weeks after the combine and you and i both know you yeah. you eat you water up you do all of those sort of things for the combine, you don't work out because you're going to do the workout at school, what would you
7: say? (laughs) I think exactly what you just said. Like you just – you're like, okay, like you think you're fooling us by not getting on the scale, but we know exactly what you're doing. I'm not super concerned about, you know, the weight situation. It's obviously something you can work with on a guy. Um, Look, I don't look at him as a guy that has a frame where you'd say – look, he can't play at 205 pounds. Like, I, I think that he can. Um, but I also would kind of learn a little bit more about him, you know, from the standpoint of, like, does he need to play at, at 205 pounds? The game is very different. Uh, quarterbacks are protected differently than they ever have been. And so I think some of the emphasis on being, you know, six four, you know, 230, being super strong and just, you know, kind of being built that way – while I would prefer that, I don't think it's as necessary as it once was. And, look, we've seen a lot of 6'4", 230-pound stiffs, right? And look, we've seen smaller guys not make it. So I, I'm, not, I, I'm not going crazy about that in either direction.
0: Yeah. Tim Hasselbeck, ladies Six, and gentlemen. Four, you can two, see him across all stiff. kinds of ESPN <laughs> platforms, including this just in, 2 p.m. Eastern. I call them Sub-Zero Refrigerators. Okay,
7: there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. All right, see you, Tim. guys. Hey, coming they so up.
2: Damn, they so damn big, Max, you need three or four people to move him off the spot.
0: <laughs> so uh Key, Jay is uh trying to set a consecutive uh day streak for going viral and no. has put together I'm has put to together my, my all NBA team. His all We're NBA good. team well, 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 oh, He's yeah. put his name to it. All NBA. Did you break it up into first, second and third team? Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Who did he snub oh, is the question. Oh damn. We're presented Trending. by Progressive Insurance. And by the way, we've got to get into this fake fish thing. Boy, this thing got me mad. What? Keyshawn J. Willimax, ESPN Radio.
6: legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance.
2: Uh,
0: This uh, fake fish story has me mad, Key.
2: Yeah. Well, it's not... It's not, uh, it was, it's not, I wouldn't call it fake fish. It's just they're selling you the cheapest fish fish.
0: they can find and calling it, and calling it, there are these restaurants that are getting this from overseas. They're getting like the cheapest fish they can find. Yes. And they're preparing it in a way you can't tell from looking at it. And they're charging you 10 times as much. Should be illegal.
2: that's what the, they do. They do that. So you got to be very careful. All these different random spots that you always talk about. Oh, yeah, I go eat here. This is great. Flounder. Like, uh-uh. No, like you'll be eating very bad stuff, paying for the great stuff. You like hamburgers, right? Yeah. And you, you, you figure ground beef is ground beef, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not. See, so they like charge the you end. an upcharge like for a Wagyu stuff, right? burger yeah. and you're paying for some cheap, you know, ground uh, chuck, uh, yeah, ground chuck. Yeah, you'd be mad as hell, That's Max, right. if you pay paying thirty dollars for a burger and they're serving you five dollars worth of burger. Like you wouldn't key, like that.
0: Key and the fish. It's always the same fish. I saw the same thing you did on social media, and it's I forgot what it is from Taiwaners. I forgot exactly what it was. Yeah, like I forgot the name fish, of the fish. And it's like yeah. the cheapest one they could find. And it's always the same fish that they're serving. if They're yeah. calling fifteen other things.
2: Yep, and Nerve. they're charging a, a boatload of money. And if you don't know what the fish supposed to taste like in the texture of the fish you're just like oh it's fried i'm good i'm going yeah that's happened in some sushi restaurants out here in la Mm -hmm. where they dna test you like how do they know because they dna test the fish based on you know what it looks like they say okay this doesn't really quite look like this it's not halibut it's something else but you're calling it halibut and you're charging thirty
0: dollars for it? Not a, not a sugar fish, I'll tell you that much. Because if you ever order from that place, they got the whole thing where they they got the pictures of what it's supposed to look like, and then you pick up the fish, and there and they're like three or four different ones. It could be that I don't know. But all right, listen.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna send you, you guys something. Keep talking about fish. I, I'm gonna send you something though. And I'm gonna Google it and send it to you because you mentioned something. So
0: <laughs> wait a minute, I couldn't hear
1: you. You guys Keith, are talking Pat about fish. I'm really trying to home. figure out. My all NBA teams. Yes. It's really difficult. Yeah. Please keep talking about fish because I'm sure. Wait, is it first, second, and third team? You're... you're doing first, second, and third. See, team. I would have just said just. Well, I won't even talk about the guys. fish. I won't even talk. You, you, you still need help? No, is no. That it? It. Who you got? I think I got it. Who you got? Okay, go. But, um. oh, God. Hmm. Screw it. We'll do it live. Yates, here we go. <laughs> first team. I got Luca. Let me put you up a list of down? NBA.
0: I'm going to put up a list of NBA players just to find out who you snubbed.
1: Okay, Luca first right. team. I got John ja Morant first team. I got Tatum. I got Giannis and I got Embiid. All right. It's so my first team: Luca Doncic, John ja Morant, Jason Tatum, Giannis, and Embiid. Mm-hmm. Second team. I got Shea, Gilders, Alexander. Mm-hmm. I got Dame. Mm-hmm. I got KD. Right. I got Sabonis. Year. And I got Jokic. All right. Third team, I got De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. Steph, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. LeBron James, and Anthony Davis.
0: Okay, let's look at the snubs. Let's get right into this here. You have so first hey, team: Luca,
1: Ja, Tatum, Giannis, and pretty B. Uh, by the way, it's a pretty good. Second line. team: Shea Gildress, Alexander. Dame, KD, Sabonis, Jokic, third team, Fox, Curry, LBJ, Jalen Brown, and AD. No so, Jalen Brunson. I don't have Jalen Brunson. No, because okay. I think the Aaron Fox had a. I think did I say,
0: Did you say Kyrie?
1: No, no Kyrie. I did not say Kyrie. Oh, okay.
0: No Kyrie. No Brunson. No. You no, did Laurie, have, no Laurie. Markkinen, no Laurie No marketing No Julius. You got Jalen Brown in there though.
1: I think Jalen Brown. You did not get it.
0: Donovan Mitchell in there.
1: I did not have Donovan Mitchell. No in there. Devin
0: no Booker Donovan? missed a lot of games. Devin Booker. No Devin. No Trey Young. Young. No Trey Young. No James Harden. No. No, no Harden. No Trey. Harden's Harden. had a great season when he's on the court, though. When he has yeah. been healthy. Um, hmm. Still a pretty good list. I think, I'm trying to think if I disagree with that. You said Dame, like,
1: right? I said yeah. Dame. Dame's on my first. Uh, Dame's on second, second team. team. Him and Shea, second team.
0: So you have a lot of guys who missed a lot of time, but you're right at those you, positions. You got who everybody would you take on over?
1: there, really. I mean, the the position thing is hard. You know, I <sighs> less controversial
0: than I thought it would be. Actually, unfortunately, thought we get you trending again. So any any
1: any issues with the first team? Well, Let's go through regardless. So Luca, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Joel, and Embiid. Any All issues right. with the first team?
0: I I might say you figure out a way to get. Uh, Jokic on there by playing someone at the but forward. You can't. Or, but you, you can't. But you got yeah, three bigs got on there. you gonna have three bigs? One center. You just call him a forward or something. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. You can't, yeah. but you got three right, bigs. Fine. One I, I'm fine. Whatever. And okay. I think Joel
1: Embiid is gonna win MVP. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, yeah. second team: Shea, Dame, KD. Sabonis has had a hell of a year, and then Jokic. Sabonis.
0: KD's missed a lot of time, but I guess you. Who would you take over
1: him? A dude shooting like sixty percent from the field. I mean, it's yeah. different. Yeah. Lethal that's school. why I asked you earlier, Jay, has he played this year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got one
0: for you. KD,
1: 43 games. I mean. Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man. Ant-Man making the push. He's out a hell of a year. I don't know if that's all NBA yet, though. Mm. Yeah, me. I, th- I don't know if it's, I, to- I think it's like there. It's kind of like the the Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson thing for me. It's there. But I'm not sure it's all. The so way the down.
0: guys who narrow who, who
1: aren't it's like on the Mitchell. list. Donovan Mitchell, like, it's like Donovan right there Mitchell, for me. but am I, I going to get the edge of Donovan Mitchell over Steph? No. Like for third team, De'Aaron Fox, like they, they've been top three in the, in the West all year. It's close. It's, it's close. Darius Garland. I mean Donovan, Trey Young. A lot of questions around. Yeah, Atlanta. But I, I think I agree. I, who am are replacing end, what I replacing Trey Young with on 13? team? You replacing Trey Young with Steph?
0: Oh no, you're it got- to him
1: over De'Aaron?
0: Aaron? No. No, I wouldn't. So that's what I'm saying. I think he's right. Key, I can't think of who I would take off.
2: No, this is fine. I don't have to deal with social media, Jay Will. I don't. The social media don't bother so, me. So
0: Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards. It's a good list. Who else? Tyree. Lori Ty- Marketing. Tyree. <laughs> Julius Randle. Maybe I wouldn't take any of those guys over who you have in there. Not this season. All right. I think you got it. Yeah. Damn.
1: I'll I'll give it to To KJ. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys
0: out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
6: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.